Hey, have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, just like I'm doing now. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Journey to Esquire, the podcast. I'm Jocelyn Hardrick, founder and president of Diversity Access Pipeline, Inc., the company behind this podcast and other great programs like Journey to Esquire Scholarship and Leadership Program, which provides $2,000 cash scholarships to third-year law students and internships to second-year law students, along with leadership training and mentors. And Journey to Esquire, the blog, which provides insightful articles to help navigate you through law school and beyond. Find out more on our website, www.journeytoesquire.com. Hi, it's Jocelyn Hardrick. Welcome back to Journey to Esquire, the podcast. I am the president and executive director of Diversity Access Pipeline, Inc., the nonprofit corporation behind this podcast and other great programs like Journey to Esquire, the scholarship and leadership program and Journey to Esquire, the blog. Today, we pass the mic to Sarah Gottlieb. She's an associate in the litigation practice group and a member of the insurance and reinsurance industry team at Freeborn. And before she was at Freeborn, she was a judicial law clerk to the Honorable Charlene Edwards Honeywell. And she was also an associate at Phelps Dunbar LLP. She graduated cum laude from Stetson University College of Law. She was a um, noted editor um, on the Stetson Law Review. And she served as a judicial intern while she was in law school. She's very active in the community and she's on the board for the Tampa Bay chapter of the Federal Bar Association and volunteers with Lawyers for Literacy. Welcome, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Jocelyn. I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us. So we used to work together clerking for Judge Honeywell. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. I'm so excited to hear about your journey to Esquire. So let's start with why did you decide to become a lawyer? Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so how I decided to become a lawyer. Um, I think that stories may be a little different than your traditional. So my, my first career, I was a journalist. Um, and I really loved being a journalist. And the things I liked about that was being in a position um, to assist other people by, you know, providing information um, and maybe bringing facts to light occasionally that might, you know, um, affect change. Sometimes um, you could kind of become a quick expert on things because you you might have a lot of information, um, sometimes technical, sometimes complicated, and you have to you know, put it into a format that people can can read and digest easily. Um, and so I really loved that. It was kind of like a puzzle for me, putting it together and feeling like I'm, I'm helping people understand or giving people information. Um, so with that, although I really liked it, I just wasn't sure at the time coming right out of college that it was going to be a sustainable career at that time. So, you know, I was kind of encouraged to maybe start thinking about some other things. 
and someone suggested to me, well, you know, what about being a lawyer? And I'd really never thought about it before. Um, but then I did think about it and I realized that, you know, a lot of the things I liked in journalism, um, I could, you know, the law kind of speaks to as well. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of people decide to become lawyers because they, they like to have that feeling that they can be professional and assist other people in some way. Um, you know, and, and the other reason it was a great transition was because I loved writing. Um, and so, so that, that kind of worked pretty naturally as well. Okay, great. So let's talk about the application process. Since you're kind of deciding, not last minute, but not so far in advance while in college, like a lot of students do, what was your law school application process like? So I was kind of in that process for maybe a year or two. I was already working. I'd left college and I was working for about two years before law school. Um, and so I was kind of making this decision and looking at these things on the nights and weekends. Um, and my process really had all to do with the LSAT because, you know, I was kind of, because I hadn't, you know, grown up thinking about law school and it was kind of a new idea for me, I was not exactly sure what I was getting into. And I thought, you know, maybe, maybe the best thing would be if I could get a scholarship somehow, um, you know, and, and maybe that'll, that, that would be helpful. Um, and so I studied really hard for the LSAT for maybe up to a year, I can't quite remember, but it was at least months just trying to get that score up. Um, and so, so that was my biggest thing. I um, had a, a wonderful program, it's called Blackstone, um, that they help with the LSAT and they do some law school prep. They, I, I would not have, have done as well, gotten the scholarship I gotten without them. Um, just really wonderful prep. So I spent a lot of time there, I'd say for about a year. Um, and then other things just kind of fell into place. I, I knew pretty much that I wanted to go to Stetson because I love the Tampa Bay area. I didn't want to leave here. Um, and I know that Stetson, you know, has really good ties to this community, obviously, alumni and um, just within the profession, great opportunities for internships. So I was pretty sure of that. I did apply to some other places, just, you know, kind of want to make sure I'm, I'm considering everything I should since it's a, it's a pretty big step to take. Um, but ultimately, it was really just about taking the LSAT, studying hard, um, trying to be lucky enough to get a scholarship. Um, and doing what I could to do that at Stetson. You're like the fourth person to mention Blackstone. <laughs> so they get a lot of free advertising on this podcast. They're so, so wonderful. <laughs> yes, it's been, I've heard all good things. I've reached out to them though, and I should reach out to them again to try to maybe get them on the podcast. And if you can help with that, we'd love it. We'd love sure. to have them to talk about these great services for students who are trying to conquer that LSAT because I had struggled with it too. Mm -hmm. I worked really, really hard and I'm like, I got that score that was good enough. I'm like, this is good enough. I'm Because <laughs> those logic games were a killer. Yes. So now, <laughs> um, now you're in law school and you, you were really busy. Did you enjoy law school? I loved all of the things that you would hope to enjoy about law school. Um, so I had never been more intellectually challenged I had never done better in school. Um, I'd never been more involved. I 
just really enjoyed how it was expanding my mind and the things I saw myself capable of doing. Um, yeah, it was the, the learning aspects of it. I really loved, I loved the reading. Um, I loved participating in class. I raised my hand frequently. Um, so, so I really did like it at the same time. I will acknowledge it was difficult. Um, it was really new for me. I didn't have any close friends or relatives that had gone to law school. I was kind of navigating this, um, in, in my circle, at least brand new. Um, I did have resources like Blackstone that I mentioned that were extremely helpful to me, but it, but it was like learning a new language, like they say. Um, and I was very nervous. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, although I did try to prepare going in. Um, so I, I loved all the things that are wonderful about law school, but it is certainly a, a hard time. Yeah, and so was the practice of law. So let's hope that law school <laughs> helps to prepare you for that. So now, I, you know, a lot of people I know like you who really enjoyed law school, because I wasn't one of them, I'll be honest, <laughs> but those who really enjoyed law school had a hard time leaving because it's like, oh, now I have to go work and find a job. And so talk to us about what that process was like for you. That's, that's true. When, when I was in law school, I was very focused on law school. Um, I liked all the things I was doing. I had different internships. I was on law review. I really just kind of soaked in as much as I could do while I was there. And so I didn't have a lot of focus actually on, on getting that first job until, um, you know, kind of toward the end, the last semester. Um, and, you know, at that point, you're turning your focus to bar study as well. So what happened for me was I was both studying for the bar and I was considering, okay, where, you know, where should I try to be in the fall? And, um, you know, I, I had a bit of a network at that point. I had interned and um, done a clerkship for a law firm. So, you know, I, I kind of reached out to people, but um, for me, that first position came about through Stetson. So um, their career, office, um, their Office of Career Development, which was another wonderful resource to me, um, has a has a program, has listings of, you know, various employment opportunities and posts when things come up. So I began applying um, during during that summer to law firms through that. I had a couple of interviews, again, studying for the bar at the same time, um, and one of them worked out very well. And that's where I landed. Okay, so um, one of the things that always, I guess was interesting, but also shocking to me when I was interviewing, one of my questions was always, you know, how did you choose your area of practice? And then it was always kind of like, well, I didn't choose it, it chose me because you go to work and then that's where they, they kind of put you. So what was your story? How did you end up in the practice area that you're in? So I, um, you know, commercial, complex commercial litigation appealed to me because it, it can mean a lot of things. It can touch on a, a large variety of things. Um, and my focus coming out of my clerkship was a little less about specific practice area, you know, like, um, like bankruptcy, for example, it's very specific. It was a little less about that and more about trying to figure out the kind of lawyer I want to strive to be. Um, so, you know, I, when when you're in a clerkship you see good lawyering you see bad lawyering most of the time it's in the middle um but so my focus was was trying to to put myself in a position where i can learn from the best um, and i can really learn what i'm doing i can learn 
you know, how the courts work. Um, I can learn what you need to do, you know, to get a, a case through, not not just, you know, your basic stuff, but there's a lot of, especially when you have a federal clerkship, you see all the intricacies and the little things you need to know, um, the nuances. And, and I wanted to be around people um, who are very invested in, in getting it right and being the best. Um, and I also, you know, wanted to be among uh, people who cared to be involved in the community um, and voluntary bar association. So my focus was really more about fit and um, find, finding my group of people that I felt, you know, will, will inspire me and help me to be the best lawyer I can be. Nice. So that is a good model to have in general when job searching. A lot of students focus on the title or the money, but the fit <laughs> really will make a difference long term and make a lot of other parts of practice tolerable. Because as we both know, some of it is just a grind and it's just no way around that, but it becomes more tolerable because you have other things going on that you enjoy. So um, that's my little piece of advice for new and future law students. What advice would you offer them? Um, three things come to mind. So first, I would say prepare for law school. Um, kind of like you prepared for the LSAT, not quite as intense, maybe not for as long. But, you know, I would really consider what you think you need to do to be successful. Um, I did not, you know, I, I mentioned how it took me a little while to, to decide to go to law school, and that wasn't my first path. But once I decided this is what I'm going to do, I was all in. And I essentially studied what is law school about? What are all these terms? What's a 1L? What's a clerkship? Um, you know, what are, what are some study tips and techniques? And you'll get a lot of advice and you have to decide what's best for you. But I think not going in cold, um, just get an idea of, of what you're in for because it, it's something different. Um, something else I would say is uh, use the resources available to you in law school. Um, Stetson has so many wonderful resources, the Office of Career Development, like I mentioned. The professors are fantastic. I, I, I spent so many hours in different professors' offices um, and in the Office of Career Development. Just really wonderful people with advice who want to see you succeed. Um, so I would, you know, try to remember those things are there for you and you may not have those resources. Well, you'll have alumni resources when you leave school, of course, but you may not have that there to you those many, those many resources there all at the same time again. Um, and then lastly, I would also say, you know, remember your purpose. Why are you in law school? Um, for me, I actually wrote it down on a piece of paper at some point because, you know, it there it's challenging. Um, and there might be days when you're really tired and you're not understanding something and you say to yourself, what, why am I, what? <laughs> and so for me, it helped, you know, just to go back. It was just a sentence you know, why I'm here um, and just draws you back to your purpose. Yeah, keep your eyes on the prize because <laughs> the journey to Esquire is a long one. Yes. But we're here to help. That's that's the kind of one of the models of journey to Esquire. So you talked a little bit about um, being an intern um, and getting exposure to the judiciary and then ultimately becoming a law clerk. So talk to us about 
you know, going from a judicial intern to a law clerk, how did you get both? What were the differences and what are some of the benefits you would say um, for law students and for lawyers to pursue those opportunities? I began my first internship um, my first year, my first summer after my first year of law school. I was really just looking for things to do that summer. I was trying to decide what, what should I do. Um, and again, looking at the various offerings Stetson had. Stetson has great partnerships with um, various offices. Um, so things like that. I think the prosecutor's office where you can do internships for credit. So I'm looking at these things. One of the things that comes up is something called a judicial internship. I had no idea what it was. Um, I watched the video about it. I thought this is intriguing. Um, I ended up reaching out to a couple of people who had done them and immediately was kind of thrust into this world of you know, judicial internships and judicial clerkships and how great they are. And I thought, okay, let me, let me try that. I applied, I got it. Um, so my first internship was with uh, Judge Kovakovich and it was just a really great experience. Um, so it was, you know, part of the time you're just watching the courtroom proceedings, you're seeing how things are done firsthand. And then behind the scenes, you are working on drafting orders. So you're helping the judge craft their decision um, or you're researching and helping them figure out different points of law, helping them with their decision. And I just thought, what an interesting way, you know, to see the legal profession, um, to see it behind the scenes. And so then after that, you know, I, I really loved that experience and there was an opportunity to do it again. Um, and so I did. Um, I interned with Judge Porcelli. And again, just a wonderful experience um, to be able to witness what's going on in the courtroom and to help behind the scenes. Um, you know, and also, if you're lucky enough, there's some mentorship too. Um, you're interacting with people at the courthouse, with your judge. Um, so both of those great experiences, you know, also led me to want to clerk. Um, so take my, my two judicial internships and be able to actually clerk after law school. Um, you know, do it, do it more in a sense. You're, you know, make it something full time. Um, and so I applied, I believe I applied in law school um, and I had an interview and, and I um, didn't get the position. And so I went um, to my first, first position at a law firm. But you know, in the back of my mind, I knew I always wanted to clerk. Um, so I applied again a couple of years later and I got it this time. And yeah, it was pretty much exactly what I'd hoped and thought it would be. You know, I think interning really gives you a good sense of exactly what it is. And again, that's just that behind the scenes, um, getting an idea for what the judge is thinking, how they make their decisions, researching and writing. And, you know, you get to sit, you get to sit with the case and really think about it. You don't always get to do that in practice. Um, no, you know, not because, at all. No. <laughs> so, There's a clock ticking with, with a bill attached to it. Yeah, sometimes you really want to dig in and you just can't. Um, and then, so, and what's interesting, you know, the people you you work with through your internship and clerkship, Judge Kovakovich was like one of the first women at Stetson, you know, yes. <laughs> the first female judge. Judge Porcelli is just an all-around great person and a really good mentor. He's very much a teaching judge. You know, not every judge is like that. Some judge is like, 
you're here to help me get the work done. And some judges are like, I'm here to mentor you. And after a year of working with me, I hope you're a better lawyer kind of thing. And nothing wrong with either approach. It's just different. Um, and then, of course, Judge Honeywell had been a, a public defender, big firm, state court judge. I mean, the, the amount of experience that the judges in the courthouses have that you can learn from is tremendous. So a lot of opportunities. But like you said, you get to sit with a case and really think it through sometimes, which you just don't have time to do. So every now and then we get we can get creative, right? <laughs> and you do you are writing. So if you enjoy research and writing, great opportunity there. So even while you're doing all this great stuff um, at firms, clerking, working with lawyers for literacy, you're also involved in voluntary bar associations. So tell us a little bit about um, the ones you're involved with and the work you do with them. The main voluntary bar association I'm involved with is the Federal Bar Association, the Tampa Bay chapter. Um, and, you know, I really enjoy the voluntary bar service because you're helping to enhance your own profession. Um, you're maybe picking up causes that you couldn't every day. Um, there's community service, um, the various communities to, again, enhance the profession. Um, so I, I've served in a couple of different capacities with the FBA at this point. I've been on the Young Lawyers Division for a few years on that committee. Um, and just we just do various things. We put on programs for young attorneys. Um, there is some community service we do. Um, this year, I'm a law school liaison on the general FBA Tampa Bay chapter board. Um, and I'm also co-chair of the Staying in the Game committee this year. Um, and what we do on that committee is, um, well, a few things. So it generally puts on one event every year. This year, um, we're going to be doing two events and it's going to be virtual, a little bit of a different format. But generally the, the same idea, which is to discuss diversity in the legal profession, um, identify actual steps that law firms, organizations, law schools, um, anyone can take to foster underrepresented and minority groups um, and retain that talent in addition. Uh, as well as just educate. Um, so I had in the past served as a committee member on that committee and this year, I, I think as I mentioned, I'm serving as a, a co-chair. And it's just really rewarding experiences to, you know, in addition to working in your profession every day, to be doing something to enhance your profession as well. That's a great way to put it, that you get to enhance the profession you're in. I never thought of it that way. And you know, obviously, we we've um, didn't just work together <laughs> at the courthouse. We were both on, you know, some of these same committees until I got I aged out and got booted out of the young <laughs> <lawyers> <laughs> division. <laughs> and um, but you know, it's, it is really meant for when they say young, they don't just mean an age; they mean new to the practice because it is overwhelming. And you know, I call it the four L year. Your first year out of law school is like your four L year. You're really making. Um, huge strides in understanding how the practice of law works. And so I'm so glad to hear that um, Staying in the Game is going to continue. And that's gonna be two events. I've been to the previous events, they were outstanding. Um, one of the things I lamented though, they kept trying to make it like an ongoing connection, but it's so difficult because there's so many um, programs and events and everyone gets so busy. And so one of the things we're learning now because everyone has been forced to use virtual that, wow, it's not that bad, right? <laughs> Connecting people through the computer 
um, is not a, a perfect substitute for in-person events, but it can be a really good complement to it. Where can um, folks find more information if they're interested in becoming a member of the Tampa Bay chapter of the Federal Bar Association? Um, if you Google just FBA, um, well, that'll take you to the main FBA website and that will link you to the various chapters. I believe if you also just Google FBA Tampa Bay, uh, the link to our specific chapter should come right up. And there's lots of information on that website, um, including contact information um, for the current board. I believe my contact information as well. So if anybody ever has any questions about how to get involved with that, um, I would be happy to, to answer any questions. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah, for dropping by, taking the mic, sharing all this great information about um, going from a judicial internship to a judicial clerkship and your work with the Federal Bar Association. So check out www.journeytoesquire for more information. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to another great episode of Journey to Esquire, the podcast. Support, share, subscribe. And for more, visit www.journeytoesquire.com.